on, guys? We are live with episode 20. 20, 20, 20. Give it up one time. Give it up one time. This is, huh? Vente? Did you go Spanish? A little bit of Spanish there. Gasolina! You know what I'm talking about? 20, man. I want to do a 20 intro. I want to do the regular intro. I'm going to introduce these two brothers who have carried the weight. Carried the weight. Carried the strength. Carried the, you know, the time it takes to be here for y'all and deliver for y'all week in, week out. Only took like one break. You know how it be sometimes. Sometimes. You know how it be. Sometimes the internet cut out while you're drinking. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, they have your internet cutting out, but they come through every time for you. It's the incomparable Marcus Howard, Marcus Esports Howard, and the unsolvable, the incredible Mr. Dope Work himself, Derek of High Point Gamer, who we're going to do two things tonight. Of course, we're going to run the uh, announcement at the end for people who don't know. What to do when they get into a high point gaming situation? We got something for you. But first, I just want to congratulate you on your new deal that you just struck with your first major partner, uh, like influencer. Please tell the world more, and I need to. I need to give you a slow clap. Yeah, hey, appreciate it. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Hit the air horn. Hit the air horn. I want to give well, uh, first of all, flag. thank you for the, the lovely intro. Sebastian Burton has been flagshipping. Uh, Shout out that firework for you. Did you Shout hear that? out to Red, uh, who's not able to make it this week on our 20th. Ah, um, hope everyone's Red. enjoying their July 4th weekend. Like Sebastian said, we have some, some, some good news as far as High Point uh, everyone knows about the NCAA. They changed the rule to. The NIL uh, name, what uh, name? Uh, image likeness. License, image and likeness. Name, you know, yeah. Likeness. And my initial thoughts, if anyone's seen my LinkedIn post on it, was that, hey, this sounds like a great economic empowerment opportunity um, that we all should be excited about. And initially, I thought the same thing. I was like, yo, like, yes, more economic empowerment. Uh, these guys can make money because I have friends. I have peers of where they they went to school based on their athletic ability right uh, got to college free ride right uh, but they were really going around the dorm rooms starving like their, their clothes were raggedy they were starving but they were superstars on the fields and selling jerseys and filling up he walked by his jersey uh, and was eating ramen right he walked by his jersey in the store and was going home and heating up with his noodles and the real world of that is uh, uh those athletes that are that might get lucky because they're paired with, say, another white kid who then comes from a rich family who gets to be their friend. And that's the person that's paying for their meal every time they go out and, right. and taking them to the parties for them to drink on is that person's tab. Like he's been assigned to almost like the athletic comforter. Right. Um, and so in order for these athletes now to have the ability where they can use their likeness and their front, their fame and their stardom to generate revenue. Like I thought, yeah, that's an awesome thing. But then you think about the real landscape of what it's like to actually go to college. The world of going to college is you're not seeing a bunch of yous. Like if you're coming from an environment where uh, low income struggling, you're not going to go to college and come around low income struggling from a mindset of, of who's ever able to understand your situation. Right. And thus, they're going to have free pickings to then pick which superstars are, that I have to put my claws in as an agent standpoint and I make money off of them. Um, no no right. different on how sports works now. So uh, that's a tad bit alarming, but that doesn't avoid the opportunity for guys like us to come in this space with authenticity, with real life experience, uh, true background and color of living uh, with melanin in our skin, et cetera, the transition to then be able to guide the next generation uh, through their journey even if it's in traditional sports, because the beautiful thing about gaming that we've been saying the whole time is that it's inclusive. Like anybody can, can participate or grow, glow off of it. Right. Okay. So for an athlete to recognize that, Hey, he plays game in Mario, shout out to Mario, uh, the loop runner. 
Uh, he plays uh, Warzone. He's like, man, he's good. He plays video games. And most of his crew plays video games. So it makes perfect sense to then tie him in and help enhance his brand. And and he's a Florida boy. So, you know, like shout out to uh, Tampa Bay, uh, which are Champa Bay right now. So Tampa it's, Bay. Uh, yes. Never stop. So Let's get that Stanley Cup tomorrow. Never stop. <laughs> Exciting time. Just one time. I am. I can't wait to see what we can do together. You know what? The way y'all forced me to celebrate Tampa Bay, Connecticut is real good at girls basketball. So when we take another <laughs> championship, y'all better be rooting up for Connecticut too. All right. Got you. Real Tampa Bay air in here. No, but that's a really dope, uh, really dope, dope uh, story. And so you made it happen so fast. So it makes sense that you connected with. Uh, uh, this influencer, this wide receiver, he's the number one recruit currently in the country. Is that right? Number yep. one wide receiver um, recruit in the country. That's incredible. So there was definitely no speed in it. Like this, this actually speaks to the real work that me and Marcus are doing in the community uh, to really tap into those that need other opportunities, like uh, into Not gaming, me. into being a thought me. leader in that. So to the work that we've done for what five years now, or four or five years. Yeah, allows us to be the expertise that someone like Amario can go to to say, "Hey, help, help guide what I can do in this space." Not just as uh, my brand as an athlete, uh, but me as a as a man growing up to be a man. You know what I mean? Like it's more to it than just getting deals and sponsorship. It's about having people in your corner that can say, "Hey, you tripping? Like I don't know what you're doing with this, or maybe you should think about this, or..." Hey, I have this connection over here that I can plug you into some financial literacy. Oh, I have some legal uh, representation that can help you out here. Here's somebody that can look at your books on this side. And that adds real value because it's, in order to be an entrepreneur in this space, from a brand standpoint, whether traditional athlete or esports and gaming, you have to recognize you need to build a team, a team that you can trust to a certain extent uh, that allows you to, one, relax a little bit and focus on what you're good at. Uh, but also learn and practice what you're not good at by watching those around you that are helping you build your thing. And, and that's true unity within the community that, that we need to uh, show. We say, hey, we need more unity in the community. And people think that's let's hold hands and walk down together and march and, and sing in a song. But no, it's when someone has an opportunity, how can my opportunity skills and abilities plug in with theirs to help enhance their opportunities? And thus we create a chain and a true pipeline and opportunities to plug in other opportunities, man. That's a gem. Yeah, please. And it's generational how you're thinking. And esports is the great equalizer. And um, I'm really glad to see that. Uh, you know, now, what's the what's the downside of esports and gaming when it comes to that popularity, though? What's the downside? And I know we saw seen it recently. The downside of using that power for what? Is it yeah. bad? You know, it can be. It can. <laughs> you know, it's time, it's, time, it's time to talk. Yeah, it's time to talk about. Phase clan, man. You know, y'all, you know, we try to let you live. That's the thing. That's what it be. I just got to let y'all know, okay? 20 episodes. 20 19 episodes. episodes. We try to let you live. But now you're messing the game all up. You're messing the game up for people like Derek and High Point Gamer. You're messing the game up. Because what's happening is you're making consumers lose trust in esports. You're making them think that all y'all is just we all or we all behave in the way that y'all continuously behave. Continuously. Continuously. Marcus, I'll let you bring in, but we all gonna have opinions. It's gonna be a round table after this. But Marcus, basically, because you're a crypto expert, break down what FaZe Clan did with this Save the Kids coin and talk about. You know, the after effects and how many people that really reached and just break down, like, you know, the whole situation for us. Sure, sure. And there's a great video on YouTube. I sent it to both of you and, and, and you know, and I encourage everybody to go check that out. But at a high level, what happened was that, let me rephrase this statement because our, our lawyer's not here. So I want to make sure that I stay within bounds. Allegedly, Phase K uh, was part of a group of influencers that promoted this, basically this initial coin offering which is kind of like an initial public offering for stock before a cryptocurrency to raise money to support charities. It was called the Save the Kids. The organization was called Save the Kids and the crypto was called Dollar Sign Kids. But what actually, 
what allegedly happened, even though they were they were promoting that there was going to be a long term play, that they were in it for the long haul. There's all this value to be created that no one could go in and make these scams was that someone at the last minute changed the code so that it was instead of preventing scams, it enabled scams. And allegedly, uh, Phase K, several other members of Phase K and these influencers who collectively have an outreach of 50 million people waited until their fans bought into this cryptocurrency and then they immediately started selling their own crypto. Um, and you, you you don't have to take my word for it. You can go look at the price of the crypto, watch it launch and then dip down like 50%. So they got in early. It They used their audience allegedly to raise the price and then they sold it at the peak. So they made profit and essentially scammed their audience. Their the community. old switcheroo. The old switcheroo. They don't want the old switcheroo. Now that goes to lead me to the question: Who is their audience? You see what I'm saying? Who is their audience? That leads me right to the question: Like, who is it? Is it is it random people, or is it people who watch their content and follow them? People who watch their content and follow them, right? So, right. what do they claim to be? What last week on Sports Center were they claiming to be? An esports and gaming team, right? Face clan. Yeah, that's what they, they yeah. are. Right on the right on Sports Illustrated. Yeah. Esports gaming content creation. That's what they do. It's gaming, it's esports. We're seeing less and less of the gaming. We're seeing more and more of regular live life stuff. We're not seeing the best anymore. It's not about being the best. This is what we tried to warn you about. What was it, 17, 16? <laughs> So we were talking yeah. about on the episodes of E4L. This is what it'd be like. It's like, to me, just observing what you said, they had the company change the source code. And to further your point, Phase K specifically, this isn't his first one. Yeah. The dude Phase K has been doing this to his fans, these esports kids. Kids turn to adults. They're going to remember this about esports and video games. They're going to remember this. This whole thing is being shaped up off of the behaviors that people are seeing now. People, people are invested in this company, and now they're finding out that their players are doing less playing and more scamming. More scamming. More scamming. Well, it's not even less just the kids, right? It's the scamming. kids' parents, right? If you, you, you go in, in, in little Jimmy you know, spends a thousand dollars because he thinks he's going to make $2,000 and he lost his, his money or his parents' money. His parents, my age or older, probably my parents' age, you're talking about executives at, at various brands and, and community leaders and, and people of, of influence now know about this and attach this to esports. So it, it screws up the game for all of us, the entire ecosystem. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. It, it, it really, it, it really just, it makes me wonder <laughs> So, so I'm, I'm going to play Gemini on this one a little bit. Okay. Um, so I understand from an industry standpoint, the impact of like, wow, this is kind of messed up. But the gamer in me recognized that, hey, if I'm trying to get to level 99 and, and there's a way I got to press up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, select, start. And I got all the jewels to cheat the system and beat the system in order to get whatever I consider success. I think we it's all have wrong. been guilty of that. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. Now, now applying it to real life where you impact real people, is that what makes it they horrible at this point, man? They fans. Huh? Derek is right. And you know what we call that when you do it in real life? A jack move. <laughs> you hit him with a jack move. Sonic boom. You ever get trapped in the corner against Guile? Sonic boom. You ever been there stuck? Oh, no, I got one more hit left. Sonic boom. Oh, he's a chip damage. <laughs> Oh, Sonic Boom! He's hitting me. He's hitting me. He, oh, that's what they was doing to their bank accounts. All them kids' crypto wallets. Oh, save the children! Save the children! And then, of course, what I see of what you're saying, the jack move, like basically in a game, right? You play it smart so that you, you know, you 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 find the easiest way to hack the system, whether that's one player. Multiplayer, whatever. I get what you're saying, D. And then you pull it, apply that real life. In real life, why it's foul is because, like you said, there's real consequences. There's real people's real money. And they just jacked them. And, and then look, the thing that makes it the craziest, why you're right about it being a hack is, as much as I've read and I've heard about it, 
I don't hear nobody having to pay nobody back. It's like they, so it's early, right? Huh? It's early, right? Yeah, well, but it's they, it's early, but but that's the way crypto is designed, right? Two things: one, crypto blockchain, and and if you miss the one on one, we're gonna have a one on one follow up from episode three. Uh, blockchain transactions are immutable, permanent, right? And they're also transparent, which is why CoffeeZilla was able to go point back to allegedly uh, Phase K and say he was a part of it because his every Bitcoin is 12 years old. You can literally go on the internet right now and see every single transaction publicly available, all of it's publicly available over the last 12 years. So he just basically walked down, you know, followed the breadcrumbs and and got all the information that he shared in the video. I mean, it was it all made sense to me. I saw that video. Um, if you guys didn't see the video, um, like Kai Bahu, I see you on Twitch. You're like, hmm. Um, if you Man, guys didn't listen, see the video, I'll, I I would I would I would I, I would cut a piece of that because it's like a 35 minute video. But I'll give you guys the links in all your chats. I highly suggest you watch the video because it breaks down what they've done with the token. But essentially, to recap what Marcus said. I'm just giving it to you the layman's way. You know, Marcus is the crypto genius. I'm giving it to you the layman's way. I talk more like free the dope boys. You know what I'm talking about? Now, now, here's what really happened. It's the old classic bait and switch. And you know what else, Marcus? It's time to do this live. I've been telling you about this, right? I've yeah. been telling you. You know when people come to you on the street, someone's going to come to you, and the first thing they do is add value to whatever is in their hand. They add value to it. This isn't a pen. This is the only way you're going to be able to sign this million-dollar check that'll be here tomorrow. So what you should do is give me money now, and then it'll turn to a million dollars for you tomorrow. It's the oldest one in the book. If they had a book, this is on the first page, what I just did with you, right? Crypto is in that state right now, all right? I know there's deeper things about ledgers and blockchain and the way the technology is applied. But I'm talking about in our society, for all you kids who got caught now, if nobody else is listening, what happened to you? Some refer to it as a pump and dump when we're talking about crypto and stock change. Because this is all the crypto thing is it reflects the stock market, right? Mm. How shit gets hot and stuff falls off and you're trying to make you know the gap. You're trying to make money in the gap. You saw with GameStop, right? AMC. They forced it with GameStop, right? So all that's happened to you is you as a community got smart on the old heads doing Wall Street, right? And all that. You got real smart on them and started set up pumping dubs with GameStop, okay? FaZe Clan, FaZe K at least, FaZe K, FaZe Jarvis, and another one. They, not their first time, but this time, got caught saying, damn, everybody believes in the pump and dump thing now. Dogecoin, <laughs> GameStop, ooh, we can move things by tweeting, this, that, third, and you can. So they built a coin. Then they said, okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to push the coin between all of us. That's 30, 40, 50 million people. And then we're going to get everybody to buy it because we're going to make it a hot coin. Meanwhile, you're talking about making something a currency. Save the kids coin. They literally tapped into your well wishes for bettering the human world. They tapped into it and then bait and switched you. I'm from Connecticut. And P.T. Barnum and Bailey is from Connecticut. And the number one slogan of P.T. PT Barnum and Bailey was there's a sucker born every day. Okay? So it's a very Connecticut thing of me to feel bad for everybody caught in this because... That is a sucker move that happened to you. But I, this is what we do eat for life for. So you can start logically thinking like, so this coin but comes But isn't out. everything that though? Say it again? Isn't everything that when I it mean, comes down to it? Isn't everything a pump and dump? Yes, but you know about it. They dupe. No. They dupe. So, hey, we, a lot of us been duped for years. Don't act like this because you're smart now, my brother. No. There's some pump and dumps that's been dumped on us back when we were a little ignorant to how stuff worked. Would I think of how many people are in homes right now with mortgages and stuff, thinking that having a home was the American dream, only to get realize that the system was was screwing you to get trapped inside this place that you'd end up hating within 
five years, not even close to the 30 year on that mortgage. You're right. Or get into the degree is the same thing. Yeah, the, the right. whole higher education is. system. Yes. <laughs> but here's the deal. All of those have something, at least something. If you become, something of real value there. If you go get a degree at full sale, it don't gonna make you work in the video game industry. But that's how they market <laughs> right? So it. Right. So you still gotta pay them 20, 30 grand, right? But right. in the end of the day, you could get a job in the gaming industry. What this this token, they de- Marcus, I don't know if you said this already. They deleted the tweet <laughs> after <laughs> it came out. They, they took down the website. Everybody I went to the website earlier. The, about the website's support. gone. I'm about to support, save the kids. Let me ah just sat down. Ah, let me turn on the saves with kids. What? And <laughs> I know I just clicked the tweet yesterday. I gave him sixty dollars. Where's my? Then you go to oh, let me go to Coinbase. Let me see how much money. Then you go to Coinbase. Worth how much? And that's the end of it. There's no you get a college degree, supposed to get a job. House. Supposed to have warm shelter. This was you got on, and it was like, yo, we don't know what happened. <laughs> That's the but worst like, kind of. But, but what do they say? There's no L's in life, only lessons. Lesson I'm trying to give y'all. He is boy. He dropped the gem. Let me get the gem. Let me get the gem. Yeah, he dropped the gem. Say it again. There's no L's in life. There's lessons. So even if you lost on the pump and dump, you just missed out. Like you realize that, yeah. And the kids that got saved were the kids on the other end of that that made up this scam uh, to run it through the way it is so they can run up the points and be successful and win it life the game. And here's the bugged Boom. out part. Here's the bugged out part. The, the real crazy part. These kids is making millions. They live up in the hills. Okay? They live up in the hills. They making millions every month. And they just did a tour of what, a $10 million mansion? Yeah. $10 million mansion. 20, 25, like the oldest one is 25, 26. They're young, 19, 18, making this kind of money. But money, money more than most people have made in their lifetime. And he did this, and guess, they, they, I heard they made $30,000. Oh. <laughs> yeah, off of this one, this one. <laughs> Why did Derek say it like that? Sonic Boom! Oh. Because that's I thought it was a mean come up. I well, thought I thought it was like a superpower. No, like you got no, a special Jeremy move. Said, like you know, you finally got that armor that you've been waiting for in the game, no, and now you can just no, no. It's, it's more like dead cells where you walk around the corner and get hit by a boulder for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> for no reason, no viable reason did they do it. They just did it because <laughs> that's who these players are. They're not players, and that's what I want to say about Sports Illustrated. Sports Center, ESPN, all y'all, all y'all. Hire somebody to come into this industry and talk to real people and real players. Because this keeps happening because this happens because y'all don't do no research. You just do the top line of it. And then you end up shutting departments down because like we don't figure it out. But you're not actually digging into what the actual culture is. These kids are not that nice. They're not the nicest. They're not kind of nice. You wouldn't go to a... Kimbo is about the only street fighter we saw go into the UFC. You think he's the nicest street fighter of all time? No, but it's a very select few of street fighters we can see crossover. Conor McGregor, UFC, the boxing. This is the same thing with these streamers trying to be the best in the gaming. And then what do we have if we don't have a sport in the word esports? What do you have? What do you have? Like... This started with Ninja. They started, and again, I'm holding ESPN accountable, you know, Esports Observer. I love you guys, but you guys were pushing the brand for the popularity over the actual statistics. Like, these kids aren't that good. So when this channel streams go down or when things go down that they're not making money, look at the behavior. This isn't the first time. We've heard there's been multiple times. That Jarvis kid got suspended for saying the N-word in the past. Where's the culture for that? That's my thing. My thing is look at the people that it's making. Look at the people it's making. I'm well documented for saying FaZe Clan is like culture vultures. They like, they they just do it. I don't know. I don't have a problem. I don't really care because we're going to do what we do regardless. But it's a lot of like, just look at what's popping 
and jump on it without actually respecting the game and building the actual culture out. And that's what is going to suffer for everybody who sees this. I hope you know the tougher it is for you to get a check signed and put across the table, or the tougher it is for consumers to want to buy into your product or show up to your tournament or sign up for your event or doing it because they're going to think that esports is more of a joke than a serious industry. Because look what keeps happening, things like this. So that's my little five minutes on it. You know what I'm saying? But I really, for all the people who was involved, I hope they get what's coming. I'm glad Derek said it was early. I hope they get what they was coming. Because let me tell you, if it was a brother, whoo, they'll put you under the jail. Under the jail. They'll be like, what happened to him? Oh, you know they buried him under uh, McConnelly Prison. <laughs> man, what do you mean they buried him under? Man, they buried him under it. You're going under, under the jail. If you did something like that. So people should call so the SEC. If that would have been um if that would have been Rick Fox and then that would have been a problem. Boy, Echo Fox boy. <laughs> Echo Fox already fell apart fast. It would have been twice as fast. Twice as fast. Twice as fast. But that's why they should be held accountable. They get to play all the the the, the cool hip hop culture, the cool, you know, we represent. Man, imagine if a a, a a black athlete had done some shit where he scammed a bunch of kids out of their money. The team just kicked them off. That wouldn't be the end of it. That wouldn't be the end of it. And can't nobody find them? Because what is esports right now? An open place where they're in all these different leagues that all have their own agenda. And speaking of different leagues with their own agenda, do y'all see what's going on with the Overwatch League? No, yeah, I need. I, I'm, I wanted to come and hear y'all catch me up on what's going on with that. So the Overwatch League is currently being investigated by the Department of Justice. Department of Justice. Oh, I said injustice. Yeah, NetherRealm yeah. said they're done working on Mortal Kombat yeah. officially yesterday. So now everything just injustice to me automatically. <laughs> so Department of Justice is investigating Overwatch League. And the premise is that Overwatch League basically fines teams for trying to make player salaries over the base salary, which I think is like 50 grand. So they 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 overcharge them or they hit them with salary cap so that they can't pay them and be more competitive to get players to move or to get people to stop wanting to stream and come in the league or whatever. But they they're Activision Blizzard, one. So they already print money. I mean, World of Warcraft still makes money. I mean, Call of Duty makes money every year. They they have money. Money's not an issue. And then they raised money. They have like 10 teams in the league, and everybody had to pay $20 million to be in the league. Okay? So now they raised, a billion-dollar company raised $200 million, and they said, if you, play these players, if you pay these players over 50 grand, then we're going we're gonna to tax you more. We're going to tax you more. You can't pay them. So the players, when they sign into the Overwatch League, it's a non-compete. So they can't stream. They've already, you know, they kicked a couple people out for streaming, trying to play other games, things like that. There's been multiple reports of people out of the league with those kind of intentions. So they can't make their money anywhere else. But they can't get any more money and offers from the teams to want to stay on the team. So they either retire or they keep playing Overwatch professionally. And you can't stream Overwatch anywhere else. It has to be all through the league. They have that non-compete with, like, all third-party companies. Got paid them a crazy license fee to just, like, have you an Overwatch tournament, you have to pay them like a crazy licensing fee. But the players can't make more than 50000 or else, you know, it's no good. I think it's the perfect time for us to bring in uh, our lawyer, Sean Mendez Catalan, and get him in here to talk about the legalities of some of these things we just discussed. So let's bring Sean in. And I want to hear you guys' opinions on that. Basically, now that you have most of the facts. Yeah, I, I want to understand how that's different. And and like Derek said earlier, you know, I'm a nerd, so I don't know a whole bunch about sports. Are, are there player caps in traditional sports? There are. Or sal- there's salary caps. So, yep. Help me yeah. understand the difference between that and esports. And I guess the problem is, is, is again, esports trying to be too much like sports when it should be more like the gaming industry. But that's another topic altogether. Right. Was that that was was that directed to me or Sean? I'm sorry. Uh, it was to anyone. I'm just trying to understand, like, 
we, we do have are there salary caps in traditional sports? There are. So there there's are. there are, but it's generally for like the team. So the team will have a particular salary cap. Um, and then there's also the player salary cap. So like each player has a max amount they can be offered in a given year. Um, and usually teams that they were on before have the opportunity to give them the most money compared to any other team. So basically, so it's not abnormal for traditional sports. That's what you're saying. No, okay. no, it's not abnormal. But what is abnormal is the rate. It's just the rate versus what they could be getting paid versus what like Overwatch League has made. I mean, this is a billion dollar company. I'm going to run this again. This is a one billion dollar company. This is Apple. This is, you know, the, the likes of Apple's are a trillion, but there's, they're in rare air there. I can't compare them to anybody. This is Apple. This is Dell. This is HP. This is companies that are 5,000 employee plus billion dollar companies, right? Fortune 5. This is them raising 200 million. New money. They go, oh, you got a huge bank full of money. Don't use that though. Beep, beep. Use this. New money. New money. And then that system is built. And they start taxing people who want to play pay pay players more than what a salary average job plays. So, I mean, Sean, I guess what I'm trying to understand is, is it legal for players to be like trapped in something like this? Is that what the DOJ is investigating or what? So it's legal for people to contract how they contract right any anything has an ability to contract but there are limits if a contract is unconscionable um and so what they're probably looking into is whether or not the contracts that they've had are unconscionable oh, sabrina's saying hello <laughs> oh sabrina welcome to the podcast here's everyone um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it it the contracts themselves can be unconscionable. And so, you know, the DOJ is probably investigating whether or not what they are doing rises to that level. So, so do, do they, what are they going to do? Like compare it to other first person shooter leagues? Because it, I don't know how true this is, but I heard that uh, players for CSGO sometimes make like $25,000 a month. I, maybe that number is not right. Um, I'm trying to look at it real quick. I, to my knowledge, I think that what they're probably do is look at, you know, is are the salary caps that they are are putting in place too stringent? Um, because if this, while they want to allow for contracts, they also know that for things, especially esports and other things, where the league has such control over who can enter and who can play that they want to limit their ability because if someone who's never made any money all of a sudden is is at you know the the esports level and they're offered any amount of money a lot of times they're just going to sign right um because in their mind it's like oh this is great but if you're looking at traditional sports they don't have that right you have a players association you have all these things where like we know if you're in the NBA, you are going to make at a minimum. If you're a veteran, you're going to make two hundred and seventy nine thousand dollars usually as a minimum. That might have gone up now. Um, but th there isn't that players association that is like a national thing in esports to allow for people to protect their own interest. And so if you're a new player, you might end up getting something where like the team is making millions and you make ten thousand. Right. And it's like, that's not necessarily fair to the players. And so I'm assuming, and, and right now there's no regulations in, in esports. And so I am assuming that the DOJ got a complaint from some player who ended up having a terrible contract, but he's probably one of the better players on their team. And so they went to, you know, they went to the feds and said, hey, take a look at this. Take a look in esports where they're making millions of dollars. But the players themselves are really not making anything. They're not making as much money as the team is um, or the league in and of itself. And so where you have those things, you will have more regulation. Now, most of the time, 
these organizations self-regulate. So they'll, you know, look into it themselves and say, like, well, hold on, before the government does it, we'll go ahead and do it. And that's where we got, you know, the NFLPA, the NBA PA, where you have these players associations that protect the players' rights. Okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. So the lack of a players' association in Overwatch is a problem, is what DOJ is saying, because whoever said something is like, yo, you know, these companies are making, because, I mean, the first year Overwatch League made, like, what, $90 million on that rights deal with Twitch? I made like ninety million on a deal with just exclusively streaming to Twitch. Then the next year they did like I think sixty million for exclusively to YouTube. So they got Twitch once and got YouTube once. Um, and I don't think they have exclusive rights with anybody this year, or unless they're finishing that YouTube deal. But it's like you know they're making so much money and the players can't make money. Um, I can't even think of the reason. I mean, in twenty twenty one, I can't think of the reason. I remember so the do- platitudes of like people can't make money so fast or whatever. But it's like yeah. You guys to give you an idea, to give you an idea, the from what I can tell here, I looked it up. The salary cap per team for the Overwatch League was one point six million. Now I don't know what the league is making overall. I don't know what teams are making overall. But to give you an idea, the NBA salary cap and the NBA is not at the moment the most watched sport. It's close, but it's not the most watched sport. The Golden State Warriors have a salary cap of one hundred and sixty-eight million dollars. Right. So if 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 the Overwatch League is making tons of money, but they're only you know the salary cap is at one point six million. If you're paying anyone, let's say one point seven, you're paying your teams one point seven. That team will be punished for having broken the salary cap, right? So they have a huge tax and they have to pay the league a whole bunch of money in order to sign anybody else, right? Um, but but it it's it's supposed to be based off of a proportion of your gross profits, right? So or your net profits. So if you're making a ridiculous amount of money and you're putting that salary cap way low, then it's like, well, why why aren't these players getting paid as much as they're supposed to be? Right. Right. It doesn't make sense. That's what I that's that's what I always felt like was that, you know, I and I'm a big preacher on this and uh you guys probably heard me in the past, it's like I don't think these leagues are just going to do well at all for a long time. I don't think that Call of Duty or Overwatch League is going to be... I think it's a dope game. Overwatch specifically. Let me not go into Call of Duty. Same company, so I brought both up. I think the problems you'll see is that, you know, these team investors aren't going to want to raise the salary cap that much um, anyway, if that makes any sense. Um, Because they're not making a lot of money. So what I think just the hardcore truth is that nobody wants to say, but I'll tell all of you, they're not making a lot of money. Do the hard math out. You know, you don't have to be some genius or some qualified person to do basic math out. Cost you $20 million to have a team. $20 million to have a team. You would make money in any other league, traditionally, you'll make money off of uh, merchandise, right? How many jerseys, how many hats, how many water bottles with your logo can you sell in a year? You'll make money off of tickets, right? How many people can come see you? Uh, how many seats can you fill repetitive times every year? You'll make money off of your players and their likeness, jerseys, right? So not just your your team logo, not just the Dallas uh, Heat or Dallas Fuel, um, you know, not just Dallas Fuel mugs and hats and shirts, but the actual players of Dallas Fuel stuff. You want to use utilize their likeness to make money. That's four streams. And then, of course, you get your own team sponsorships and companies that want to be a part of that. Five streams of income. What team in, game, in, in the Overwatch League, in the Overwatch League, what team has made that kind of $20 million? Do some basic math. I don't care if you start at $5 a cup. Okay, if you talk about they do the skins in the game. One thing they said they were going to do is like people are going to get the skins. We have so many players, they're going to get your skins. You think they made $20 million off Dallas Fuel skins? Just be real. It's just a licensing know. fee to have the team, not even the rest of the operating costs. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Exactly. And a part of that is going to the league. Right. Remember, every time right. you sell something is going to the yeah, league. Yeah, you're profit sharing. Right. You're not even taking the whole thing. So now... You're profit sharing on something we know. 
I have not been walking around LA and seeing people wear the, the LA Overwatch team. There's two of them. There's two of them. And even one of them, I don't see anybody walking around wearing that Overwatch stuff. I see them, some people wearing Overwatch shirts, more character driven, more culture driven. I don't see them wearing the, you know, the LA team's jerseys. I just don't. How about your city? How about where you guys are? You guys have the Florida Mutineers? Um, I've seen uh, Houston Outlaws. Okay, before. they're a bigger one. I've seen them around. I've seen them around. They are a bigger one. But but that that's it, man. If you go into a bar, are you seeing those often? Have you started bumping into those? That's what I'm saying. And it's been two years, and it's not like it can't grow. But the problem with these leagues in general... Why they're having a problem paying players more? Because by now you would figure the player salary would increase. I'm pretty sure the salary is the same. The salary is the same. This is probably why the DOJ is like, oh, it's been three years of this. That's why the guy who started the league, Nate Nanzer, he went to Epic. He left. Jeff Kaplan, who made Overwatch, he left. And it's because the culture is the culture that gets set. But to get back to the main point, I think that players should be paid on scale. Players should be paid on, you know, I think each one of those teams is very unique. I think that unlike traditional sports, the thing that makes gaming unique is you can plug up anywhere and play. So if I was in the Tampa, the, the, the Florida Mutineers, and I saw companies like High Point Gamer, companies like Arena, I'd be partnering with them as much as I can to grow my network because we all could do gaming. And grow it. I don't think I don't see none of that. They try to keep everything Overwatch League, Overwatch Inside, Overwatch, and that's just one game. And different than basketball, and different than football, and different than everything is is it's genres. People who play For Honor is not checking for Overwatch. People who play Madden is not checking for Overwatch. That's you just got to accept it. Two K not checking for Overwatch. You see this? This is July Fourth around my parts. Okay. It's July Same 4th. Here. All right. But that's that's how it was. What was more hype? That or Overwatch? <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, that's what the problem is. And that's what the challenge is, right? And that's what I think you're seeing come out in the payments of the players and stuff because they have the money. They have the money. But if you're managing money right, because I don't think it's a profit, it's not profitable. It's not profitable. And, and you're going to just keep seeing a downward trend in behavior. And the Department of Justice. Is just scratching the surface if they looked all through esports. Because again, you look back at Phase Clan, Sean. What do you think about everything you heard about Phase Clan and Save the Kids Coin? What legal ramifications are there for uh, these these kids? You know, like Phase K and the people who were kind mm-hmm. of taking up, you know, people's money it's, and just dipping. It's tough because. Any business will have employees and those employees can kind of act in a particular way. And unless there was some corporate approval of what they were doing, it's going to be hard to go after the main corporation, right? Because you have a particular number of people in the group that were promoting, you know, these cryptocurrencies and essentially doing insider trading and then getting out right before, right, you know, right after everybody got their money in and they're like, oh, I'm just going to leave and, and, and do it. So, it's hard to say whether or not you're going to be able to go after phase clan themselves. Uh, but I could see the SEC going after the people that did it because at the end of the day, insider trading is insider trading, whether you do it in esports or do it in crypto or doing whatever. Um, so that, you know, I, I just don't foresee there being much ramifications to the act, like to phase clan in general, as opposed to the individuals who did it. Okay. Totally get that. I mean, do you, in your opinion, is that how, how does it look on Phase Clan? If you were legally guarding them, what would you be looking at right now, based on what what could happen with the bigger? And then we'll come down to the individual. So for Phase Clan in general, I'd say my goal would be to to distance myself from those people as much as possible. I think that the apology they did was the start of that. But I foresee them probably also putting out a statement saying these are the things that we're trying to do to limit our employees ability to do this in the future. 
Um, because the main thing you want to do as the company is is say, hey, that's not us. I know that they're they have phase in their name. I know that they are affiliated with us, but that's not what our company agrees with. Um, I think that's going to be the main thing, because, again, I don't I don't think their lawyers are thinking, oh, we're going to have a lawsuit again, unless there's some documents or emails or something where these individuals asked the main company, hey, can we do this? And they said yes. Right. Right. No, it was something they did on the side. So it is individual. But um, I guess my follow up question that is, again, I want to tell you, like I told the guys, like, you know. These kids are being followed and idolized because they get to use gaming and esports. If we look at the, it's very clear to me that they're using gaming as their way in, you know. And I've all I've had, and this is personal, but I've had a personal grudge, gripe. I won't say grudge, gripe with the way they're ethically presenting themselves to the media because it seems to me that they utilize the culture of what you know. They see, and then they put it out there, and that goes into even how they select their talent, right? Because none of those guys are on that Sports Illustrated cover, right? They have the football players and the 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 the, the less attached to Phase Clan people, so that they can get those main things. But who's doing the vetting in that house to where people are coming in, and you know the kid Jarvis has said the N word before, you know. Um, maliciously, and uh, now that kid and another kid are you know stealing money from people. So now you're saying the n word, you're stealing money from people, and what is it? Uh, apology statement is just like when we already know they're already culture vulture. And I guess what I'm asking is, does esports need a union or some type of regulation to investigate and get these things cleared up? So I guess it's a two-part issue there, right? Because there's one part with the actual corporation, one part with the individuals. I think the problem with the individuals is that we have a toxicity issue in gaming, right? We've had it for a very long time. Um, I just did a talk at GDC about it, and you know, we discussed it whether or not you know we want to look for certain things. So I think that's going to be the first issue we have to go with. Um, the second thing that we need to worry about is how are these, I, I agree with you, how are the companies vetting people? Because if they're not vetting people appropriately, then we have to worry about that. Yeah. Who are we to say how someone else should vet their brand and what they spend money on and put their name behind? Well, I think what looks a good example of that, Derek, is uh, like the LCS, right? Like example of LCS is like um, is like they didn't let TSM even though TSM and that crypto company just did the biggest deal we've seen. How much was that for Marcus? Two hundred and ten million dollars, ten men, or ten ten year deal. Two 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 hundred ten million for ten years. Still ain't nothing touching yeah. that Amazon Twitch deal, huh? The Amazon Twitch deal is the biggest <laughs> one ever, boy. Yeah, billion. and the, we have to worry about the FTC too, right? The FTC is out there. It's supposed to be making sure that this type of stuff doesn't happen. Right. So, so we got we got two hundred ten million for TSM, arguably one of the biggest teams in the space, right? We know, like, they're one of the bigger teams, and all it don't matter if you're going from hopscotch to who runs faster and uh, Crash Bandicoot to Rock, Paper, Scissors. TSM, as far as the gaming space goes, there you know them. You know the logo. You know the retired players. They're around, okay? They didn't have the clout to tell the league championship series that we're changing our name from TSM to FTX for the next 10 years because our sponsor wants to get the kids to start knowing their crypto or whatever. LCS said, no, nobody can do that, you know? And there's regulation there. And there's regulation on how they play their players, and there's regulation on how people own it. So I think that you're right, and that's all Riot owned, Derek. I think you're right. Like you can't tell a company, but I definitely think that there should be some kind of standard set to, you know, take care of the players because it's like all that's going to do is history is going to repeat itself. The players are going to get the lease, and while the companies is making, cra- I mean, that's why they started the Players Association. The NBA was making like twelve billion a year. And then, like, they was playing the players out, like, five million total. (laughs) This is great. (laughs) What a great deal. What a great deal. And it seems like esports is, you know, kind of repeating. 
And I also wonder, you guys know about the Dota International? And anybody out there watching, do you guys know about the Dota International? Do you guys know that tournament? You've heard of it? That's the one with the $40 million crowdsourced uh, bruh, bruh, every year it keeps getting bigger. Every year. Like for the last 10 years. Because somebody, if one of you watching on LinkedIn, we got 10 on LinkedIn, um, four on Twitch, and five on YouTube. You guys right now, tell me, any of you, tell me if you've seen this league. Because I've tuned in over the last like seven years. They're doing it right. They right tuned in and seen. They're doing it right. Their venues get better. Their events get better. Their production gets better. And and they do it crowdfunded. They do it crowdfunded every year. It's up to forty million. Damn. In two thousand ten, it was only like five million. Now they're up to forty million. 40, bruh. At that tournament, 32nd place gets enough to become a debutante in their state. 32nd place gets a ribbon to the city that they're from. Okay? They become somewhat of a local celebrity. That's dope. 32nd place. And all it is is the people, they chart, they have a skin set in the game every year. And they take, what is it, like $10? And then they take eight and put two in the pool? They get paid twice. <laughs> they get paid twice. They get paid for making the skin. Then everybody plays to get to see who's going to get to the championship every year. The game 10, 12, it's what League of Legends came from. League of Legends his son. Dota like, oh, that's good. League of Legends, that's cool. International. Why doesn't everybody, why don't leagues base off of that? I mean, Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat, I always thought, NetherRealm, you guys just stopped supporting the game. Why didn't you have tournaments where the prize pool could be based off of what the people put in? Everybody lives and eats off what they put in. Like, that would make it much more competitive for the talent. It would make it much better for the production because you're going to have actual players who want to compete, not things like Phase K. And people like, what is he even good at? Do you know what he's good at? he got a million-something followers. What is he good at? <laughs> Somebody get my dog off that bone, man. I'm talking about man. I'm talking about man and just ripping people off. Ripping them off. Crypto. He's good at crypto. Yeah, he's good at crypto. Ripping them off. Is is he? Oh, is he? Oh, the world is changing in front of old Chosen's eyes. That's all that's happening. I just think that. Now, Sean, you made a good point about toxicity in gaming. But the truth is, everybody can't be the happy, go lucky, get along gang of gamers like that. I get like that. Someone has to be the asshole brand and or, or mm-hmm. the brand that breaks the rules, et cetera, because there are people like that. Yeah, and I mean they'll follow them. Right, exactly. So, so the people who followed and got scammed had it coming to them. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully that fifth real quick. Anik Boom! <laughs> if you're one of those people and you're seeing this right now, I know it hurts. Anik Boom! I know it hurts. Oh, no. You're in the corner. The pressure's real. Anik Boom! Because here they come. Anik Boom! Because you don't, you don't believe anyone on the outside, a random person was able to benefit from what just happened? You think everybody on the outside lost and only the inside people won? I think everybody lost, even the inside people. When you consider it was $30,000 for you having like a million subs and getting a million views a video, and you risked it all for that. Yeah, and you was ripping them off. That's the difference. I'm very much believing the concept of Robin Hood. Like, you know, hey, get from the rich, give to the poor. But like, this was like literally the opposite. It's like you literally being like, haha. And then they got proof. Like Mark said, the blockchain makes the proof real. Yeah, they took gotcha game to a different different level. To a lot to a what? <laughs> Boy. Like, they took that Jap- Japanese word and said, we're gonna make it English. Gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs> gotcha. Save the kid. And then they did save the kid. They had to do something broad. So Derek, maybe there were some schmucks who were like trying to get rich quick and got burned. But I feel bad for the people who thought they was doing the save the kid. You know, y'all right before you met me. 
And some of you guys may know this from the past. I was involved with this cruise that was supposed to happen in 20... What was it, 2017? The VGA... 2016, 2017. It wasn't fire, was it? Or was no, it but it was... It, listen, 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 listen. I'm going to bring it up. I'm going to bring it up. Y'all got to see it. Y'all got to see it. Everybody got to see this. Was it the VGX Game Cruise? You got to see it. If you see it, then you'll know. This is my last thing. Oh, I should have brought it up for the show. Ah. You got to see it. If you see it, you'll see why this touches me close. You're like, you won't get off that bone. Well, did they did they delete the tweets and delete the site as well? They did, dude. That Well, look, that's what I'm saying. I got shell shocked. I was like a part of this promotion for a gaming crew. It's all gone now. You're right. But, um, man, so here's the deal. This guy comes out of nowhere, goes, I'm friends with Damon John. Um, I'm out of Queens. I got this connection, that connection. Uh, and I love everything you do with esports. I want you to be my esports director on this cruise. I'm like, a cruise? He's like, yeah, I've chartered a Royal Caribbean ship. And we are going to do the dopest gaming cruise anyone's ever seen. In fact, it's the first one. Also not true. But he was like, oh, well, it's the first one where I have the whole boat. It's chartered. They do one where they, like, book time on a boat. I have the chartered boat. Okay? So first one ever. Boom. We go in the promotion. I'm out here putting my name on the line. I get people like Malik. Right? Malik Forte, shout out to Malik. I get people like Keisha. I get people, I'm getting names. And he's putting them on the website. They're all there. They're dope profile pictures. Like, look at me. I'm a leader. And everybody's there. I got everybody fly. Oh, Sebastian's going to be crazy going on with crew. And week after week, the show just keeps falling apart. It's like, now people are calling Royal Caribbean. Royal Caribbean won't comment. They have nothing to say about it. Now people are, now people are, he said he had Delta a deal with Delta, so everybody's flight down to Florida for to leave was covered. Nobody had it. Meanwhile, he'd been collecting $500 tickets the whole time. And the contract says when you sign it, as long as he doesn't say that there will be no future date, he can push it off as long as he wants and keep your money. Now, is he wrong? No. Because that's so he could do that. But, damn I mean, you ain't taking my money. <laughs> I don't care what nobody else is doing. You're not taking my money. And that's what I feel bad for because people thought they were going on a cruise. That's a bait and switch. People thought they were going to help kids. That was a bait and switch. You just got them money. And then uh, there was some kind of thing where he could cancel it. And you only had to refund a certain percentage back and things like that. So I just, I got shell shocked from that. And that's what this reeks of. And, you know, I just think that there's probably more of that going on in FaZe Clan. Like, it's, like more that where there's smoke, there's fire. You know what I'm saying? I mean, FaceClan is huge. Right. There's just so many people in FaceClan. There's no way they're actually keeping tabs on any of them. Right. 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 Exactly what I'm saying. Like, it just seems like... And again, Sean, what I think those benefits will be of having regulation, having more than just having money to get in. Like, why didn't, you know, Overwatch League, since we're crossing back and forth between FaceClan and Overwatch really well, why didn't FaceClan begin to, you know, or why didn't uh, Overwatch League, rather, excuse me, like, pick more investors than just you have $20 million to get in? I'm not saying they didn't. I'm obviously they didn't just say, oh, $20 million, you're in, you're mm-hmm. good. I know they didn't do that. But what were the qualifications? Because Gary V being hyped is not enough for people to want to watch Overwatch. Mm-hmm. I yeah. mean, it's all going to come down to money, you know? And I think, I know some attorneys, I'm not going to say out names, but I know some attorneys and you know who who represent these teams, and I know it will be a fight. It will be a fight for there to be unionization. They do not want it. Um, you know, so I you know I think it's going to be a long term issue. Uh, and realistically, we have to worry about what's it going to do to esports as a whole, as opposed to you know on a league wide basis. And the issue, and where the issue comes in esports, and why I know it's going to be difficult is. Each esport is its own separate thing, right? And on top of that, the like no one owns basketball, right? Like I could start a basketball league tomorrow, but I can't start an Overwatch league tomorrow because someone owns Overwatch. And so at the end of the day, if whatever is done isn't to their liking, they can just go, no, we're not going to do it. And there's nothing anyone else can do about it. And that's why they don't want unionization because that would be in the rights of another party, in this case, the it takes away their rights. Right. Yeah, they don't want to do it. 
Yeah, man. I that's that's what I felt about the whole ecosystem over the you know the last couple of years that all of us having these conversations, especially since we started this podcast, is that esports wants to grow, esports wants to be acknowledged, esports doesn't want to change. Right? It's like a, a a toddler who wants to be treated as an adult, and I, I have some toddlers who want to be treated as adults, so I, I recognize what that looks like. <laughs> Hey, but you got to eat your vegetables, you know, and it, you got to you got to be mature. That's this ecosystem. Everyone from the players to the teams with the publishers not wanting to give away control. Everyone has to mature and, and invest into this equity. You want it to be this, this, you know, NFL or NHL. And, you know, again, what Derek said is not everybody is, you know, life is about balance. Not everybody's going to do everything by the book. There's just going to be people who are going to try to get over or do whatever, right? Like, but my thing is, is like, we got to fight to at least make room for the good people. I don't got to get it done myself, but I got to make room for Sean. I don't got to get it done myself, but I got to make room for Marcus. I got to make room for Bubba. I got to make room for Adam. I got to make room for, you know, I mean, Keisha. I got to make room for Red. I got to make room... And what, why it burns me up is because they ruin it for everybody. They ruin it because every conversation you have is going to be like, oh, that's that joint where now I know for a fact that things that didn't happen before, like, oh, Rick Fox, that was the racist thing inside his company, right? Oh, that was the FaZe Clan, the dudes who steal all the hip-hop culture and stuff, and then they steal the money from their people. Like, those are conversations that you have when you start talking to sponsors or players or whoever. It just makes the gaming thing look kind of wily when if it wasn't that way if more marcus's were out there if more sean's were out there if more derrick's were out there i know for a fact that people would get better products and our ecosystem would all do better but so many people it was a perfect comparison people don't want it to change so we hope you want it to change we hope you want it to change that's what we want we hope you want it to change and you don't want to stand for this stuff and do your own research Maybe you've been involved in other ones. This one just brought light to the other ones. I had read or heard in the CoffeeZilla video that this is like Phase K's fifth pump and dump. Yeah. Phase Banks had one too. So, oh, boy, boy, boy. If I could ever have a conversation with somebody, it'd be Phase Banks. I got to tell you, I would just have to, I would have to, I would need Sean there. <laughs> I would need, I would, and I would need a glass of water and security there. But I would want to have a conversation with him. I mean, I just think that they steal culture. I think that they don't care how they do it. They want to be the most popular. And I don't think they're even like the fifth nicest team out, like of just skills. Like it's just popularity. They're doing movies and entertainment. And that's cool. But just like we're trying to build something that the youth beyond us can eat for life with. Gaming is a way that the average kids can get to that LeBron-esque lifestyle if we... Lay it out for them. Electric sovereignty. You know what I'm talking about? Okay? Electric sovereignty. And like, this kind of stuff messes up. And we hate to see that corporate greed. So Activision Blizzard, chill with the Overwatch stuff. Our legal counsel has even told us. That's probably what you're getting searched from. We don't know exactly, but that's probably what's happening. Basically, long story short, it's just a big chill with y'all behavior. And let's all eat for life, y'all. Um, everybody else, what's going on for the week? Tell everybody. Marcus, we're going tomorrow. I'm going to jump first. I usually go last, but we'll go first this time. Marcus and I are going live tomorrow. I'm going to bring him in, and we're going to talk about LinkedIn. We're going to talk about how you get more, you know, how you get more connections. We're talk about how you get more DMs, how those DMs can turn to leads, and how those leads can turn into real money for your pocket. Yes, we will show you. Okay, we know how to do it. We do it all the time. In fact, everybody in this room does it all the time. We're just going to show you so you don't think, oh, LinkedIn, I don't have my resume up there. You don't know anything about it. And you sound crazy. You sound crazy because the four, these gentlemen here will tell, I preach this all the time. We all tell them real quick and then tell us about what you're doing. Well, you're probably going to share on LinkedIn too. But can you tell them the power of LinkedIn? Oh, everybody watching this right now. Even that last week on Wednesday, I got a chance to speak on behalf of the U.S. government, right? The U.S. Department of State, the International uh, International Visitors Leadership Program. I got recommended 
for that opportunity by someone who has been following me and my, my engagement with my content on LinkedIn. For real. For real. That's what I'm saying. The U.S. government. Hello. Hello. This is Marcus we talking about. <laughs> A legend indeed. Derek, how about you? And uh, then for me, we just continue to grind. We just continue to grind. You know, we, we got a lot of work to do. Just keep going, bro. Good episode. It's a major win for you, Derek. Congrats again on, on closing yeah, that deal. man. That's a big deal. That's a big deal. Check out highpointgamer.com. Make sure y'all see what Derek's got going on coming up because as you think, see, things are happening fast. So make sure you check out highpointgamer.com. And I'm trying to get to your piece. Sean, what do you have going up next? Uh, you know, just uh, work and probably do some streaming. Get, stream? get uh, some Mass Effect in there. Do some streaming. What you gonna stream? Mass Effect? Probably. Yeah, I'm thinking Mass Effect. Like, like, I'm on Mass Effect too. Need to finish it. Send me that link. I'll watch. I'll watch. Okay. Got some paperwork to do. Some digital paperwork. And Marcus, point- how about you? Uh, last time I'm working on this week is, is trying to, to close out the rest of the invites that folks will be featured in the book. So, Sean, I owe you and the team one. I think I sent one out to Derek and Sebastian. Um, and then I've got to book some studio time this week, uh, later this week on another project I'm working on. Okay, beautiful. Well, yeah, man, tomorrow, 11 a.m., catch me and Marcus. The link is going to be in all y'all chats and everywhere you go. Um, we're going to have it. So, Make sure you check us out tomorrow if you want to learn a little bit about LinkedIn. Thank you guys for checking us this week. Next week, I think we have Keisha Howard coming on. Is that right? That's right, Keisha Howard. Yeah, Keisha Howard coming on the show. So, you know, no shortage of, of, of dope shows we've been giving y'all, man. So don't, don't sleep on us. We're still here, still giving you the best gems in the game. Thank you for kicking it with us. Here goes that link for tomorrow. Um, and it's good to see y'all, man. Make sure y'all stay up, stay focused. That's how we eat for life. Good to see you. I'll see you on the next one. Gamer is Central Florida's premier esports consultant for forward thinking gamers, brands, and organizations. We create customized gaming centric campaigns, programs, and initiatives to seamlessly support your business goals. Visit highpointgamer.com for more info.